Hey everyone, welcome to the Wire to Wire podcast. I know, it's been a while, but I'm back and we got a lot to discuss. So let's just get right to it. There's so much going on in the league right now, but I want to focus on the Eastern Conference. So let me start things off with the Boston Celtics, particularly Kyrie Irving. So he doesn't sound as reassuring about his commitment to the team like he did earlier in the season. He's been linked to the New York Knicks and free agency, and ever since he issued a public apology to LeBron, he's been linked to the Lakers. Either way, it's becoming less likely that he'll stay in Boston. Personally speaking, I just don't think that he likes playing there. I mean, they're a talented team, and they're definitely in contention to compete for a championship, but I just don't think he likes being there. I think the culture in that organization is not very player-friendly. I mean, this is the same team that traded their lifer, Paul Pierce, to the Brooklyn Nets, and we already know what they did to Isaiah Thomas. And this is also the same reason why Anthony Davis doesn't want to play there, but we'll definitely discuss that later. Anyways, back to Kyrie Irving. We're right now looking at an NBA where whether we want to accept it or not, the players are in the driver's seat and teams must adapt. It doesn't seem like the Celtics adapted to that mentality yet. It seems they still have that 80s, 90s, and even early 2000s mentality of how they do business. And if they can't get out of the Eastern Conference and get to the finals this year, and Kyrie does end up leaving them, whether it's to the Knicks or the Lakers, I do think that the reign at the top will end relatively soon. Speaking of which, if he was to go to the Lakers hypothetically, I could only see it going one of two ways, or maybe even both things have to happen. So first, Anthony Davis has to end up in a Lakers uniform. Secondly, Kobe Bryant, who we know is a mentor to Kyrie, and we know that Kyrie idolizes him, might have to recruit him to join the Lakers. Now, Kobe could tell him that his biggest regret was letting his ego get in the way of him and Shaq's relationship, and that he wishes that they could have stayed together longer so they can potentially win more championships and maximize their time together. Now, he could say the same thing, about him and LeBron and say that you guys have a chance to do great things together. So learn from my mistake. Put your pride aside. Go back to playing with LeBron and win some championships together. That by itself, I mean with Kobe trying to sell Kyrie on that vision, might not be enough to get him to stay. But if AD is already there and then Kobe goes and makes that pitch to Kyrie, I think that's a pretty damn compelling case. Now let's focus on the Knicks because to Kyrie, I believe that they're an attractive destination whether or not they even get a guy like Kevin Durant. Now I could see Kyrie going there with or without him. We know that Kyrie wants his own team and he wants to be the leader of a team. And the Knicks will give him just that. Now it's just up to the Knicks not to shoot themselves in their own foot now. So far, they've done everything right. I mean, they traded away Porzingis, 
who I never really believed to be the caliber of a franchise-leading player. Don't get me wrong, Porzingis is a good player. He has size, athleticism, and he's a good shooter. But he never really struck me as a player who had the intangibles that you could build a team around him. Plus, he's very injury-prone, so that, there's that too. So like I said, let's just see what the Knicks can do. Now let's talk about the 76ers. They got significantly better overnight just by trading for Tobias Harris. Now after the Sixers traded for Butler, I believe that they became the team to beat in the Eastern Conference. But now, it's all but confirmed for me. They literally added depth and defense to their roster. So let's look at what they have now. They have three star players, two of which can take over a game at any point. I'm talking Jimmy Butler and Joel Embiid. They also have the ability to close games along with three-point shooting, playmaking, and defense. So that to me sounds like a recipe to a pretty good team. Meanwhile, the Toronto Raptors are looking like the exact same team that they've always been. Only this time they have a better player in Kawhi and a new coach. Now I'm not sure if Nick Nurse is a better coach than Dwayne Casey. But once it gets to April and the playoffs rolls around, I'll have a better idea and I'll probably have a definitive answer. But as of right now, it's been reported that the Raptors have the opportunity to trade Lowry and Valanchunas in exchange for Michael Conley and Marcus Gasol. Now, I've spoken with many of my friends and people, and I always just said hypothetically the Raptors should do this if they're serious about winning. But now that I know it's something that was on the table, the Raptors need to make it happen. Now, Kyle Lowry is historically known to disappear in the playoffs. And if you don't believe me, I have five years worth of evidence that could support that claim. And Valanchunas, he's always been inconsistent. Look at what he did last year in the playoffs. In game one against the Cavaliers, he had multiple opportunities to beat them, but he was missing open tippins. This is your starting center missing open tippins. That's your bread and butter. And you couldn't even do that. And from there, he was just basically useless throughout the series. If the Raptors really want to win and they want to win now, you need to pull the plug on this deal. Forget about long-term salary ramifications or the rebuilding process. Just use this little narrow window you have and give yourself a damn chance to win a championship. It really boils down to that it's now or never. LeBron is out the East. The Celtics are looking pretty vulnerable. And the Bucks and Sixers are looking like they're more primed for the playoff than the Raptors are. So it's time to shake things up. Doing the exact same ISO pick and roll is not going to win you a championship. And all your previous years have shown you that. Shake things up now. Plus, the Clippers kind of hurt the Raptors' championship chances with that trade they did last night. So let me break it down for you guys. The Clippers want Kawhi Leonard. And they know that if the Raptors can actually get to the finals, their chances of getting him are lessened. So what did they do? They made the Sixers better 
And they put the Sixers in a good position to actually threaten the Raptors in the Eastern Conference by giving them Tobias Harris. Meanwhile, what did the Clippers do? They stocked up on draft picks. And why did they stock up on draft picks? So they can go to the Pelicans and try to make a trade for AD, Anthony Davis. And they already have a solid team in place. So you're telling me hypothetically, and we have 24 hours to find this out, but if the Clippers were somehow able to swoop in, trade Anthony Davis with the team they have now, you're telling me that Kawhi wouldn't consider that, especially if the Sixers end up advancing further than the Raptors do? Right now, there's a lot of moving parts in the Eastern Conference, and there's so much hypotheticals in the air. But we'll just have to see how everything plays out. In the meantime, we'll take a quick break, and we'll be back to discuss the Western Conference. So now, let's transition over to the Western Conference. So the Anthony Davis sweepstakes is getting rather annoying at this point. It's almost like that movie that keeps on dragging on. And right when you think it's almost done, a new plot twist is introduced that just makes the movie feel even longer. So right now I'm going to start by saying this. The Pelicans should be ashamed of themselves as an organization. You have a superstar player, someone who's capable of elevating a franchise, and you wasted his talent for seven years. You didn't build around him. You didn't put him in a position to succeed. And you guys were a lazy organization. The most you guys did was trade for DeMarcus Cousins. But then you literally let him walk away. So now, <laughs> to no one's surprise, the guy wants out. And right now, the deal that they're getting from the Lakers is as good as a deal as they'll get for him. So let's just rehash what this deal is. The Lakers are giving them young talent and some draft picks in exchange for one player. And you're being difficult because other people in the league are telling you not to get bullied. So the team owners are unanimously upset because they can't stand to see that the league is now becoming run by players. Well, newsflash, the players make the money they go out and play, they assume the injuries, and even if they do get hurt, they're discarded. And then when that happens, where is all the loyalty talk then? When Isaiah Thomas got tossed around by the Celtics like a blunt, were the owners defending him then? Nope, because it's just a business. Well, Del Dems, who is a GM for New Orleans, you better get out your damn feelings and make this deal happen. The Lakers and LeBron are taking a lot of heat. Why? Because LeBron has become the face for player empowerment, and these owners can't stand it. Well, you know what? Those owners need to get out their damn feelings too. The Warriors have an all-star starting five lineup and a finals MVP coming off their bench. So where's the crime that LeBron just wants one more superstar to play with beside him? This is just another avenue for LeBron haters to take. But when I look at this whole situation, it's just a battle of conflicting interests. The Pelicans are being encouraged not to do the deal by everyone around the league, 
because of this outdated principle that players should not be in control of their destiny. LeBron and the Lakers are also in a tough spot. If they can't get a deal done, how will that locker room even function knowing that many of them were on the trading block and LeBron was behind it? That would be one hell of an awkward and uncomfortable locker room to be in. Now, I said this back in July when he made the decision that the Lakers will at best finish between the 6th and 8th seed. And I still believe that. The team just isn't good enough the way it is to compete for a championship. Also, I do believe that LeBron left a year too early. Like I said in the earlier episodes, you could go back and listen to the tape. I said it. He should have stayed in Cleveland for one more year. Go back to his ninth straight finals because let's be real, no one in the East would have stopped him. And then become a free agent this summer with Kyrie, KD, and all of these guys. I think he left Cleveland a year too early. And the fact that he signed on for four years means that he kind of gave up his future leverage. So whether or not Magic and those guys can bring on talent, he's still under contract for the long haul, and that takes away a lot of his leverage. Also, I think Rich Paul and Anthony Davis should have made this demand a lot sooner. Announcing it 10 days before the trading deadline is really cutting it close. They should have caused a headache all the way back in November and forced their way to L.A. I don't know if you guys recall, but do you remember when Carmelo previously was on Denver? He spent months giving the GM at that time, Masai Ujiri, hell. He gave him hell so he could force his way to New York. Eventually, in February 2011, the Knicks gave up almost half the roster and he ended up in New York where he wanted to be. So both sides won. Rich Paul and Anthony Davis should have done something very similar. So like I said, we're 24 hours before the trading deadline. And I'm giving this about a 45% chance of actually happening. As of right now, the Pelicans have all the leverage. But if they don't accept this offer come July, they will end up losing the leverage that they have. If Kyrie leaves Boston and Anthony Davis already made it clear that he doesn't want to go there, the Celtics will have to give up their future for a one-year rental, which I don't think they're willing to do. And the Lakers will see that New Orleans is more desperate to unload him. So they'll probably circle back, offer less, and the Pelicans will have to settle for it. So we'll see what happens. I'll definitely be doing a podcast the day of the trading deadline just to go over everything, see if there's any key moves or if everything has stayed the same. But anyways, thank you guys for tuning in and you'll hear from me shortly. Take care.